This is the Mornington Peninsula Regional Gallery's conversation series. We are talking to artist Juan Ford. Hello and welcome to the Mornington Peninsula Regional Gallery's conversation series, a podcast for people curious about art and the lives of artists. In this episode, Senior Curator Danny Lacey talks to Juan Ford about his work featured in the recent MPRG exhibition, Obsession, Devil in the Detail. Ford examines the human figure and its relationship to the environment. He has consistently been engaged with opening up new possibilities for realism in painting. Find out more about how exhibiting in artist-run spaces helped develop his practice. He also talks about his artistic process and still life constructions, and why his work is often a multifaceted but sometimes contradictory affair. Thanks for joining us today, Juan. Great to be here, Danny. I want to start by asking you how you became interested in art, and in particular, painting. Well, art's always been there for me. My father is a, still a keen painter, and it was always in the home. From as far back as I can remember... There were trips to the NGV and exhibitions, Heidi, on weekends. And since about 1980, there was a studio that Dad built in the backyard for the express purpose of making art. So it's simply just part of my DNA, I think. Do you remember the first painting that you ever made? I do. I could draw very well from a very young age. But when I turned my hand to painting... Which I thought would be a natural progression. I, I remember really stuffing it up, you know, and uh, everything came out too dark and I couldn't get it to work and I found it a very frustrating process. And it was just a, I think it was just like a landscape with some trees and a sun in it. I must have been seven or something. <laughs> Skipping on a little bit, yeah. you studied painting at RMIT yep. in the late 90s. And you're also exhibiting in the artist-run scene in Melbourne, which is really strong. Yeah. Places like TCB and Platform and West Space. Mm. What was this time like in the development of your practice? This was a really interesting time. The art world was not anywhere near as big as it is now. And everybody kind of knew one another. And it was uh, a very supportive scene where it was about, you know, exhibiting what you wanted without too much agenda or politics and exhibiting for the sake of exhibiting. And the artist-run scene was really fantastic at that time. And it was another way to show your work without having to go through gatekeepers, which is really important when you're starting out. And it made the museums and curators and collectors come to us rather than them calling the shots. So I think the RE scene is really important for that function as well. Mm. Yeah, and I guess for a whole generation of artists as well that were really embedded in all of those different artist run spaces it's mm. quite a important network to be involved with as well very much so and networks that continue to this day everybody involved in that is well not everyone but you see the people who are more established now and a lot of them were compatriots back then you know in these flea bag galleries uh, up flights of stairs and you know they're all totally diy and it's good to see how it's evolved and uh, continues to this day yeah your paintings are meticulously detailed and it's hard not to be seduced by the real technical dexterity in your work. Mm. Beyond the technical aspect, obviously, though, what are some of the broader conceptual ideas that you explore in your paintings? I was thinking about this in the car on the way up. There's several things happening. Broadly, there's an environmental concern, which is a, essentially a human concern as well. It's about our survival. 
and I express various ideas about that through the work, namely that if we stuff that up, then we basically make ourselves extinct. Broader than that, or following from that, I should say, there's a concern about the local and the international within art. As I started showing more and more, I noticed that there was a particular look to contemporary art that one can't put your finger on, but you can sort of say, oh yeah, that's contemporary art. And it's an international flavour that I wanted to push against. So bringing in um, a local influences that are visual was really important for me to push back against that and, and say to create a greater diversity in the work. And then there's also, I guess, some re-engagement with what is broadly an Australian art canon. And I guess uh, I wanted to do that by... Um, taking apart various cliches of the Australian art canon and smashing them together to create new possibilities. So there's all these things happening together and I don't think they cohere into one single overriding conceptual thing, but, you know, just like us, it's a multifaceted, sometimes contradictory uh, affair. Mm. And I guess those ideas and concerns flow through the different works that you make, even if the subject matter can be quite different as well. Yeah. Well, what's really interesting about ideas and subjects that flow through in a practice is that I guess that this is something many artists unless they're purely conceptual would find is that when you're working with a medium you're creating with your body your mind if you wish to separate the two and then you're interacting with a medium to create a result and for me that whole process is a process of thought itself so when you ask an artist what does this mean you know, when they're halfway through a work? They often don't know because you're interrupting a thought in that. It's only when they step back that they really begin to understand what's happening there. So, yeah, it's an extension of thought through a technology or a medium. Mm. And the process behind your work is really fascinating as well. A visit to your studio is a mm. real treat at any one time. <laughs> You've got multiple huge canvases that you're working on, mm. plus also the models that you create that uh, they're still live models. Mm. you talk a little bit about the process and then the actual techniques of your paintings as well? Sure. Lately I've been constructing um, basically models from which to work. For example, I might get a mannequin and completely cover it in leaves and spend a week doing so and have this for experimentation's sake and also to get something really concrete to work from observationally as well as photographically. And I guess when you have that much information to work from for a painting, you enrich it well beyond what you would if you were just working off a snapshot or something. So I've always really loved working with as much as possible to enrich a painting. Yeah. In terms of the actual paint and the method that you build up through the layers of painting, yeah, I see. how do you sort of, I guess, plan the actual construction of the painting? Well, in one of these paintings, I'll start with the basic drawing. It's a bit traditional. (laughs) And then I I work in, um, often in black and white with acrylic, and that enables me to make changes as I go. That's one process of thinking where you're thinking about the structure of a work. And those little changes, or sometimes big changes that you make, then beget different results. And when I start working in oil over the top, decisions are made with colour, and they're impacted by previous decisions that are made. So it's a bit of an organic process. Mm. Why do you think art audiences attracted to work that is really detailed? Oh, that's simple. It's uh, Well, first of all, you're living in an age where the handmade is rarer and rarer, to an extent. I mean, iPhones are handmade. But the sheer time it takes to craft something, um, 
with a meticulous sense is a luxury. And when you see something like that, it feels like something out of time, like something that a Japanese swordsmith would make or something. It's unusual. And I think people marvel that there's still this uh, very human thing about us that exists and has endured to this day and hasn't been replaced by, you know, robots or something. Mm. Yeah, it's that, I guess, the viewer looking at an artwork and realising that someone has taken three months to actually paint right. that yeah. um, is quite sort of amazing, isn't it? Exactly. And then there's the Uncanny Valley, of course, mm. you know, where mm. you recognise something in an artwork made of any medium that's very detailed and you recognise that it isn't real but at the same time, there is a recognition in there. And between those two poles, there's this uncanny valley, which is this unusual sense that is discomforting. You know, for example, the works of Sam Jinks are a classic example of that. And I think that there's those psychological factors as well that come into play. Mm. Now, you've exhibited extensively across Australia and also internationally. Mm. What are some of the highlights for you in terms of exhibitions you've been involved in? Well, certainly exhibitions like Melbourne Now and Optimism were really important locally. Honestly, some of the early shows I did at the Aries were really fundamental. They brought people to my work, brought me a certain amount of recognition and respect. I did a solo show at Art Basel, the first Art Basel in Hong Kong, and... That was huge. That uh, has brought about lots of international opportunities as well. And so I'll be showing in Hong Kong again next month. <laughs> and yeah, and that's brought about little, you know, opportunities in biennales and other art fairs and, you know, just museum shows. Um, yeah, hope it keeps going. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, finally, what advice would you give to artists just starting out? <sighs> yeah. I don't know, because I think of myself as a young artist. And I think I was quite impatient. So it's very hard to tell an artist starting out to be patient, uh, that it all doesn't come at once. <laughs> and I really thought, you know, I'm oh, great, I deserve it. Of course, uh, you know, when you're out of art school, I'm really hot. And look at this art we've got making. But the world doesn't sort of bow down to your feet. Um, I would say that don't let anything out of the studio that's 50%, you know. I'd say... 90% right is a good number because you have to leave a certain amount for uncertainty. You can't be 100% because that's perfectionism and that leads nowhere. So allow for uncertainty, make sure it's right, show your best work and just be patient and if the work's good, they will come. Well, thanks for having your work in Obsession, Devil in the Detail, and thanks for joining us today and having a chat. Thanks for inviting me into both. Thanks for listening to our conversation series. Mornington Peninsula Regional Gallery is the region's major cultural facility and is supported by Mornington Peninsula Shire and other partners. Visit mprg.mornpen.vic.gov.au to find out about our latest exhibitions and events. Our podcast program is supported by the Gordon Darling Foundation. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss an episode.